Father, thank you, thank you, thank you that you have said if anyone calls upon you that we become a child of God. Thank you that your invitation is for us. It's for everyone. God, thank you, thank you, thank you that your arms are open and you're pursuing us. And I pray that you would continue to speak to us and remind us how much you love us and care for us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning. You may be seated. That screen up. You may want to uh, take a screenshot of that as you begin to pray and ask God uh, how he would have you serve. There are so many different ways to serve. And uh, as Beth talked about, uh, even with the if, if gathering, if the worst even happens, what, how is God going to work through us and in us and around us? And so, so many ways for us to be able to uh, connect with Jesus Christ, uh, to serve in ways to share the hope that we have. So uh, anyway, it's good to have you. Thanks for being here today. Every person you come in contact with needs hope. Every person you come in contact with needs hope. Just for a moment, make eye contact with as many people as you can around you, or if you're at home, look around the room there as well. Just give you a second. Okay, do it again and make eye contact for just a moment. Every person you made eye contact with and every person that you did not make eye contact with needs hope. And the dispenser of hope is Jesus Christ. And the reason I say that, he's not just a good idea. He is our only hope. If Jesus was raised from the dead, then he did what no one else has ever done. He came back alive. He lived. He died. He rose from the grave, never to die again, and which means he is capable of doing that which is impossible. And whatever you are being faced with, you have hope in Jesus Christ. We talked about this last week, that if you cross that bridge of Jesus... If you cross the bridge and make a decision that you don't want to live life on your own, trying to make life work apart from yourself, but you put your hope and trust in Jesus Christ and cross that bridge, Jesus says, I can make beautiful things come out of horrible situations. I can bring beauty out of ashes. I can bring good things out of difficult situations. Which vocal verse is going to be Hebrews chapter 4, and then I'll get you into Matthew 11. But uh, our prayer for this week comes out of Hebrews chapter 4. So let us come boldly to the throne of grace because you have crossed the bridge of Jesus, because you've put your hope in Christ. We are able to come boldly to the throne of grace, not sheepishly, not feeling like we've got to slither in at all, but we are able to come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. And notice what we receive. We receive, we receive mercy and we will find grace to help us. And notice when, when we need it the most, every person you meet needs hope. And the hope is found in Jesus Christ. And when you need it the most, Jesus is available to us. Let me remind you of where we ended up last week. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. And grace is getting what you don't deserve. What elicits mercy and grace is not the severity nor frequency of sin, but it's whether we come to Jesus Christ. It's whether we come to Jesus Christ. Managing sin forces us to focus our, our look 
horizontally instead of vertically. I want to close this introduction. Jesus did not empty himself just on the cross. He did empty himself on the cross. But he did not just empty himself on the cross. His whole life bridged the gap showing us how to live. So often we go to Jesus and make him the savior of our souls, but we don't look to him as the model for how to live. And so we want to talk about bridging the gap. He's invited us into a global story. In fact, your story now, when you cross that bridge, your story is embedded into something much larger, much greater, infinitely better. When you cross that bridge, when you put your hope and trust in Jesus, you don't enter into a a, a less than what you wanted story. It's so much greater than whatever you and I could think or imagine, I remind you of a couple of verses before we jump into Matthew 11. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you. This is the creator of the universe. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the creator of the universe. They are plans for good, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Every person you see needs hope. And Jesus comes to give and to offer hope. Acts 17, from one man he created all the nations throughout the whole earth. He decided beforehand when they should rise and fall. He determined their boundaries. In other words, he knew before the foundation of where he would have you. And so whatever, if this is a good season or a hard season, whatever season you're in, God knew it from the foundation of the earth. And he wants to give you hope that we can come to him. And he will provide hope. His purpose is for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. He has put us exactly where we are and the season we're in, he's allowed for us to be able to experience the presence of God greater than ever before. When you find people that you come in contact with and they're going through a hard season, God has allowed that season... I'm not saying he created the season, but he allowed that season, and he uses it for people to draw near to him. Everybody needs hope. And so I want to invite you, those of you who have crossed the bridge of Jesus, so to speak, I want you to know what you've been invited to. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 20 and 21. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. When you cross that bridge, you have entered into a greater call on your life than ever before. And he's going to leverage. He wants to use what you're really good at. He wants to leverage how you're most powerful, how God has made you powerful. And even in the hard seasons of life, he wants to leverage that in such a way that we are his ambassador. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ and we say, come back to God. God has you exactly where he wants you to come back to God. And he's put you in contact with people who need hope and you're able to be God's representative, his ambassador. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made made right with God through the bridge of Jesus. Ambassadors, you and I have really three responsibilities. One, understand the culture in which we live in. You and I have been placed exactly where God wants us and we're to understand, we're to be curious. In fact, you all just write the word curious. 
that you're to be curious about where God has you in the people, in the neighborhoods he has you, and in the, in the home where he has you, that you would be curious because God has placed you there as, a, as an ambassador. Begin where he has you. He's called us to be ambassadors. And then secondly, not only to understand where he has us presently, but to represent the authority on whose behalf they serve. That we represent Christ wherever we are. We're getting from uh, behind closed doors at home and to open doors out in the community. We are to represent uh, the authority upon whose we live, and that's Jesus Christ. And then to work faithfully until we're called home. There's no retirement, so to speak, that God has called us to represent him. You are the presence of Christ to the people God puts in your pathway. You and I are not the dispenser of hope. We point to the dispenser of hope. We get to be that bridge, so to speak, that we help people uh, bridge the gap. We get to bridge the gap with others. I love what what Paul Tripp talked about when he talks about every situation, every location, every relationship in our life has been written into the chapters of God for us. And here's what Paul Tripp says, and by grace he has embedded our story into the great and grand redemptive story. Don't just think about this as for everybody else except you. No, if you have invited Jesus Christ into your life where he has you, you have been embedded into a bigger story. We are now citizens of his kingdom, and we are now called to live with his purposes in mind. It's a huge deal, a big deal to be appointed an ambassador. As followers of Jesus, our purpose in life is to make the invisible presence of Jesus visible to the lives of others. You are the look of Jesus' face to others. You are the tone of voice to, uh, to those around you. You are the touch of his hands. You are the physical representation of Jesus Christ to the people around you. This is our mission. Every situation, every location, every relationship, we're to represent the dispenser of hope and to point people to Jesus Christ. If that is the case, if you and I are to bridge the gap, if we are to be Christ's representative, then it would make sense that we would know Jesus' heart. Let me say it one more time. If we're to represent Jesus Christ, it would make sense that you and I would know Jesus' heart. In Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there are 89 chapters that talk about what Jesus did. But there's one particular verse, and we've never talked about this particular thing before. There's one particular verse that talks about Jesus' heart. And that's where I want us to spend the remainder of our time. Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30. Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I'll give you rest. We've talked about that. He continues to say, Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you. Here it comes. Underline this. Yellow highlight. Circle. Whatever you need. For I am gentle and lowly, or gentle and humble and heart. 
For I am gentle, I am lowly, I am humble at heart, and you will find rest for your souls because my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Gentle and lowly at heart. The heart is the central animating center of all we do. It's our motivation headquarters. And so we need to understand what is the heart of Jesus because that is the epicenter of who we are. The heart in biblical terms is not part of who we are, but it's the center of who we are. And our heart is what defines us. Our heart is what drives us. In fact, it says in Proverbs, it says, guard your heart for out of your heart flows the wellspring of life. It would make sense if we represent Christ that we would represent him well by knowing his heart, and his heart is gentle and lowly. Jesus could have said so much more, but he said, no, my heart is gentle and it is lowly. It is humble. It is gentle. The posture most natural to Jesus is not a pointed finger, but it's open arms. What about you? What is your posture where God has you? Jesus is humble. He's gentle. The point in saying that Jesus is lowly or humble is that he is accessible. Are you? He is accessible. He says, come boldly to the throne of grace. Come boldly to the throne of grace. For that, you will find mercy. Verse 28, come to me, all who are weary and, and carry heavy burdens. This is the beauty of this, that it, it, you could be at the very deepest, darkest part of your life and, and it, when you need him the most, it says you can come boldly for him. I'm accessible. I'm accessible. I'm open. I'm curious. I'm gentle. And look at verse 28 of Matthew 11. It talks about who's qualified to have a relationship with Jesus. What qualifies you to have a relationship with Jesus? All who are weary and heavy burdened. So everybody else but you, right? Because you have no problems. Wow. Every single person you come in contact with needs hope. Every single person you come in contact with is weary and heavy burdened. And if you were able to be curious with the people around you and you're able to do more than just, hey, how's it going? But you're to be able to sit down and across the table and find out what is overwhelming in your life, they wouldn't have to think long about what is overwhelming because every person you come in contact with needs help and hope. And Jesus says, come to me if you fall into that category and I will give you rest for your soul. Your very burden, your very need, your very problem is what qualifies you. His rest is a gift, not a transaction. All you bring is your need, and Jesus takes it from there. That's all required. The heart of the Jesus is availability. He's welcoming. He's accommodating. He's understanding. He's willing. Verse 29, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm gentle, I'm lowly or humble at heart. And you'll find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. I won't spend much time on this. We've had this discussion before about a yoke. The yoke is what is 
uh, a, pe a wooden piece that fits over two animals and they're able to carry much greater work because they work together but the yoke needs to fit perfectly. Notice here, it, it, the function of the yoke is to make burdens easier to carry. I'll say that again, the function of the yoke, and Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. My, the function of the yoke is to make, my, make, to make burdens easier to carry. And Jesus says, my yoke is easy. Interesting, I'd never noticed this before, but the word easy doesn't mean no problem. The word easy doesn't mean problem-free and at all. In fact, it's the same word found in Ephesians 4.32, be kind to one another. Tender-hearted forgiving, be kind. My yoke is kind. He understands where you're coming from. He understands what's going on. He's kind. He understands the highs and the lows of whatever you're going through, and he offers you kindness. He cares about you. It is a yoke of kindness. So what, what is the yoke then? If the yoke is easy, what is this yoke? And I want to quote Dallas Willard on this. The yoke is to bring the reign of God into ordinary human life. Now let me start connecting the dots if you haven't already. We are a representative of Jesus Christ wherever we go, beginning at home and working our way wherever God takes us. And we're to represent Jesus Christ. We're to understand his heart. We are to treat others the same way Jesus treats because we are his representative. We represent the heart of Jesus to the people around us. And we get to become this bridge, so to speak. We get to, we get to carry people toward Jesus Christ. We bridge the gap. And so our goal is to bring the reign of God into ordinary human life. I saw a physician this week, and this physician was talking to me and said, here's what, what we're going to do uh, with your tendency to talk too much. And uh, there's no solution for that, by the way, people. Sorry. Anyway, so we talked about what's going on. He said, but don't forget, it's the power of Jesus. And so we pray that God will bring whatever you need. And so here it is. I'm thinking, what, what a great deal to be around a health worker who says, here's the plan physically, and then here's the plan spiritually. The two work together. Your God has placed you exactly where he wants you to bring the presence of God to others. Or in other words, it's to bring the reign of God into ordinary human life. Because who's needy? Every person you see is needy and they need hope. They need Jesus. Dallas Word goes on to say, in the midst of a world of ordinary human life, he was pulling the load of bringing the kingdom of God into ordinary human life. That means in the good times and the bad. Jesus is saying that the most restful gift he can give the tired is a new way to carry life, a fresh way to bear responsibilities. Instead of offering escape, Jesus offers equipment. He's not going to pull us out, but he's going to develop us in the process. An easy life is not an option, but an easy yoke is. 
because the yoke is inviting the presence and power and the plans of Jesus Christ into whatever season we're in, and we get to represent that. So when people come to you and they don't know Jesus and they talk, talk to you about what's going on at the appropriate time, you get to point them, you get to, be the, you get to bridge the gap. You get to say, let me tell you how I deal with hardship. Let me tell you how I deal with this situation. And it's found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Last of all, he doesn't just simply meet us at our place of need. He lives in our place of need. That's the beauty of inviting Jesus Christ to be the leader of your life is that he says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And so the heart of Jesus is one who's tender. The heart of Jesus is one who just says, I care about you. The heart of Jesus is gentle. The heart of Jesus is open, open arms, not a fist. And we have the, the amazing privilege of representing Jesus Christ to a world who desperately needs him. Every person you see needs Jesus. Every person you see needs hope. And you and I have the privilege, one, of, of knowing Jesus and experiencing that, but being, being able to bridge that gap and point people to Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Father, thank you that you love us and that you have said we can come boldly and we can cast our burdens upon you, that we don't have to carry them alone, but your yoke is kind and your yoke invites the power of God and your kingdom into the process. And so, Father, this week I pray that we would realize that every appointment we have, every relationship we come in contact with, God, I, I pray that we would see this as, as a, a, an opportunity, a, a God meeting. Every phone call we have, help us to be sensitive to whatever uh, opportunity we have. May we represent you well. May we represent kindness and gentleness. And may we begin by casting all our care and bringing our burdens to you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, have an amazing song that will uh, close our time together. Uh, this is a, also a time for you to give your offerings. Uh, your faithfulness makes a huge difference here at New Cove. It keeps us to being able to move outside our walls and to serve those that are struggling. So thank you for your generosity.